Today's episode of In the Trenches is brought to you by System 12 Guitar Method. Sign up today at RyanRoxy.com. In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hey, hello, 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 and welcome to our first ITT Fridays. I am your host, Ryan Roxy. What am I hosting? Hell, I don't know. I just got my cocktail. Thank you very much. I love you. Uh, it's haphazard in here. The studio is crazy right now. This is our first In the Trenches live stream on a Friday. I couldn't be excited. I just ran <laughs> from the other room. I'll explain everything in a little bit. But welcome to the show. If you are listening to us on an audio broadcast, you obviously didn't see me fly in here. But what you did see and what you will see, you have to see at the YouTube official channel. So if you're listening to us on the audio, thank you very much. But make your way on over to the YouTube official channel, which is uh, Ryan Roxy Official on YouTube. And uh, hit that subscribe button round right there. There you go. I see some faithfuls in the uh, live chat right now. Thank you for showing up day in and day out, especially on this Friday. And uh, are you ready? Oh, man, I'm winded now, Vic. I'm winded. I hope, it's, I hope the experiment is working. We shall see what happens. But uh, welcome to t- Into Trenches. Today's guest is not only one of the coolest guitar builders and uh, with his company, Rock and Roll Relics, that I know around today, um, like myself, He's a rock and roll relic himself. <laughs> He's been in the trenches as well for as long as I have. It's going to be a pleasure today to sit back and talk about all things past, present, and future, and especially all things guitar. Would you welcome, from the band Jet Boy, and the man currently playing in the guitar in the band Buck Cherry, Mr. Billy Rowe. Hello, Billy. There he is. Fucking hell. You have no idea what's going on right now. I am. Well, thank you very much for joining us on our first In the Trenches Friday, Billy Rowe. Uh, Thank you for wearing your reader glasses as well as mine. I do. Matching matching readers. (laughs) And thank you for making the time, uh, taking the time out because Buck Cherry is currently on tour somewhere in the U.S. Am I correct in saying that? Yep, we are. We just, uh, we're on, what is it? This is going to be the fifth leg, I guess. So. The fifth wave or the fifth leg? <laughs> it's early for me, so. <laughs> uh, fifth leg. Right on. So I think it's going to be show 49 tonight. You guys have been going out throughout it. You're troopers. You have definitely been trooping out. And uh, there it is. Vic just put up the tour schedule for Buck Cherry. So where does that lead us tonight? It, uh, if you're watching it, uh, you're somewhere in Minnesota, I see. Minnesota, nicely, yeah. Nicely done. Nicely done. Mountain, Minnesota. Well, let's get into this present thing. Because right now, that's all the rage and all the news is that you are one of the only bands having a show tonight, probably, because everyone else, it seems, in the friggin' U.S. is canceling their right. show tonight. But you guys are going strong. I, I, heard mm-hmm. you, I heard you had already been through the second and third wave, if you will, throughout the band. The band had already gone down with a couple cases of the vid, but uh, it came back, right? You had to cancel some days? Yeah, yeah it just canceled a, a short run of shows. But you're back, and that's the thing, and that's the good news about it. And how have the shows been, how honestly have the shows been going uh, on this on this run so far? 
they've been going great since the beginning. It's been good crowds and uh, diehard fans. So, I mean, you so. can prepare me because I'm, I'm going to go out there. Uh, all of us in the Alice Cooper band are, are so looking forward to going out there with Ace Freely in a couple weeks. Uh, what's the general tone like? Because I'm thinking that there's going to be people in hazmat suits or there's going to be, you know, or, there's, or it's going to be a, f- a free-for-all. And I've just been cho- told not to ch- swallow the mic. Am I swallowing the mic now? Don't mm. see. You can only see that. You can only see that on the YouTube official channel, folks. All right. Is that uh, better? All right. So my audio. I, I, I'm excited, Vic. That's the reason I'm talking to Billy Rowe. <laughs> Billy and I have known each other for a long time. He's actually out on the road right now. He's doing it, folks. We're going to be doing it in a couple of weeks. What's the attitude like with the crowds? What are they going nuts? Or- yeah, I mean, you're going to see occasional people in, in the mask. There's going to be, you know, wherever you go. But for the most part, it's pretty old school rock and roll show. People packed together in a, in a venue and it's been, you know, there's uh-huh. been no issue, really, you know. Are there any so, are there any protests in front of the shows? No, no. I haven't seen any of that. <laughs> no picket yeah. signs? See? Uh, no, 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 uh, you know. My feeling is that, that, that would be actually pretty funny. Well, if you, ju- <laughs> if you just let rock and rollers you know, sort of suss it out with themselves, like the extreme views of both ends, because we know that our audience has both. There wouldn't be as much problems. I don't think, I think if you just all, if you could settle it all at a rock show, no, right. Leave it, leave it all at a rock, leave it all down at a rock show. I say, so you guys are in Minnesota tonight. Um, we're going to talk a lot (laughs) about what you've done in the past, because both you and I have a lot of similarities. Uh, in fact, I was hoping that you were going to wear your red, white, and blue wristband today. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was, I and I don't have mine. I can go back in the other room and get it if you want, Vic. I could go do another sprint across the house and get. <laughs> but I did see in one of the photos that you chose uh, that you picked up one of the early photos uh, because right. there's going to be a lot of photos, folks. That you, again, if you're just listening to us on audio, uh, you're cheating yourself. You're fooling yourself. You don't believe it, as Dennis DeYoung would say. He was our guest. We had the, we had fucking I, I know, that must be great. I mean, oh, I know. I mean, growing up, wasn't Sticks one of those yeah. bands? I mean, because we're Bay Area I, guys. I, yeah, I saw Sticks in '78. What? Yeah, Pieces of Eight tour. Damn, dude, that would you it had was, really was, you had was, really uh, good parents or really bad parents? I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, a lot of my friends we were able to go to the shows. I had an older friend, a couple years older, and he used to be kind of the chaperone guy my parents trusted so well let's you know what let's dive right into that going yeah, back to get forward yeah. yeah well let's let, we'll, there you go. no dead air time with vic our producer today everything every second counts man i was like already two minutes late trying to hopefully the whole okay here's the experiment guys before we go back to get forward what's happening now I did it so like hodgepodge Wayne's world. I put my iPhone in front of my uh, other laptop while this show was beginning, and I started an Insta Live video. So people are actually watching the Insta, the show on Instagram via my <laughs> cell phone going into my, uh, you know, I think it's a loophole. I think I found a loophole of how to do it, but we'll see if that many that spillage, that spillover, comes from Instagram and they come over to visit on us on ITT Fridays. Because this, you know, we've done the show Tuesdays for the last what 
over a year now, uh, almost a year and a half. We've been doing Tuesdays, Tuesdays, and we changed it to Fridays because Vic, our producer, actually has a real life. <laughs> so, so we're gonna we welcome you if you're you're just checking us out on Instagram. You said, "Oh, I want to see it in HD and not all this weird fuzzy, you know, <clears throat> lo-fi Ryan Roxy cell phone crap." Then we'll do it. But uh, we are talking to Billy Rowe. Uh, currently playing guitar in the band Buck Cherry, but uh, you know him, you love him from the band Jet Boy. I know him, I super love him as now uh, one of the best guitar builders because he's making something very special for the next tour. Yeah, We're going to we talk are, about that right? in a little bit. But uh, okay. let's go back to Sticks, 1978, if you will. What, what, what gig was it? Was it uh, Cow Palace or was it uh, Oakland Coliseum? Uh, Oakland Coliseum. Man. As that's what we will always call, always call it that, right? It'll, why? What's it, is it? Is it something different? It's Oracle Arena now, I believe. So. Uh, okay, so so that's see, changing. both Billy and I grew up in the Bay Area. I think, like I grew up in a place called Pleasanton that at the time was just a little cow town, you know, by Danville. The, the stage in Danville and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was it was kind of low rent, low rent, you know, a couple cows. But now. You can't even touch it. You can't even look at it because yeah. it's so, you know, opulent. But where did you grow up? I grew up right in SF, right in San Francisco. In the city? Like, like, yeah, I did. Wow. Like proper. Yeah. Yeah. 415. <laughs> 415 area code, dude. Now, did, yeah, yeah. like Haight-Ashbury area or were you up in Coit Tower or was it down in... It was out in the avenues, which is more of the you know suburban area of the city. So out in the Richmond district, as they call it. So yeah, Richmond. Like Ocean Beach and Baker Beach and all that. Like, was it was it know, top like, of the hill, Daly City? Isn't that somewhere around uh, there? Uh, no, that's 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 more farther uh, south. south. Okay. So okay. City, yeah. So this would be you know there's the sunset and the Richmond district, but out by the Golden Gate Bridge, basically. Okay. By by the what do they call it? The Presidio. Exactly. Right? I was right outside of the gates of the, of the one of the entrances of the Presidio. That is an amazing area. Nice yeah, to beautiful. nice to know, man. So when we yeah. talk about because we've talked about this before, uh, you know, me growing up, I, my parents definitely took us into San Francisco a lot. The music scene during those days, what a fucking great music scene, no? Right. I mean, yeah, it wasn't just that we were both influenced by sticks, but probably had to say it a little bit under our breath at that time. But there was other local, local, uh, you know, Bay Area bands that were so yeah. amazing and killer. And we t we said we'd talk about some of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's I mean, your the, favorite? The Bay Area. Oh, from the Bay Area? From the Bay My Area. Favorite? Yeah. Oh well, the what the local one, like the small local band at the no, time. It doesn't have to be small local, like like big local, because Greg Ken is considered local. Greg Ken, he's local. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Money. Eddie Mon Eddie Mahoney, right? Mahoney. We had Montrose. Ronnie Montrose. Um, yeah. I I think one of the the bigger bands for me was a band called Benny and the Jets. Do you remember that? Almost mm -hmm. got to that, and and, and Eric Martin Almost. band. The singer, Eric Martin, because yeah, be, because that, uh, before it was way before kids, way before Mr. Big, Eric Martin, yeah, Eric like Martin back when he was in his early thirties. <laughs> because the thing is, yeah, he he was always old, but looked like a, a child, right? Yeah. He was always yeah. like older than us because he was like like but because he was so professional and Bill Graham managed him, I think. And so when uh -huh. so when the world found him as as Mr. Big. 
it kind of was like no big surprise to us. We knew the guy could fucking sing. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's right. Did you ever check out the squares? I remember the squares. That was Satriani's band, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Never saw them, but I, I remember that. I mean, you, you we grew up with band magazine. So even if you weren't into the band, you knew who they were. Right. And, and the funny thing is, Bam Magazine seems like an L.A. thing because we both actually moved down to L.A. at around the same uh-huh. time as well. But Bay, right. Bam Magazine actually stands for Bay Area Music, right? Exactly. That's where it started. It started in the Bay Area. Fuck. Well, and then yeah. uh, that, so that was one scene. Those types of bands, Greg Ken, Straight Ahead, uh, Huey Lewis in the News. Huey Lewis. You had Journey, Santana, you go back to the Grateful Dead, and, and you know, well, I, and, and some and some like indie pop bands too, but Bonnie Hayes and the Wild Combo. Do you remember them? Okay, yeah, Bonnie Hayes, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. they also had a heavier side, and all those bands yeah. that we that, that, and, and you're kind of influenced by everything. I feel, and then and because you you have pop influence you definitely have punk influences when you look at pictures of jet boy and early jet boy there's definitely punk influence and then there's heavier stuff too and and do you remember like like the old waldorf and metallica what what bands did you see back then do you remember i mean i saw metallica you know there was laws rocket testament exodus death angel Testament uh, was from my hometown, dude. I used to go to keg, keg parties in Dublin, California, and I yeah, and, yeah. and the, the bass player and I, well, the bass player played in a friend's band of mine called R and R Crossing, which is a little bit similar to Rock and Roll Relics. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what, what what clubs did you go to? Did you sneak in with, or were you, or did you just kind of get lumped in with your older friends? How did you get in? Yeah, I went. To, I think they started having what I remember curfew shows. So I would go to the old Waldorf and then there'd be the stone. And then later on after the old Waldorf, which was Bill Graham's club, they had Wolfgang's. Okay. And those were kind of the, and the key the, the stone had the family, right? The Keystone Berkeley, Keystone yeah, the, SF and then Keystone Palo Alto. Yes, exactly. Keystone Palo Alto yeah. was like the band, the, where more of the posh bands played. You'd see a band like yeah. S- Steel Breeze. I saw Steel Breeze there. <laughs> Oh, amazing! Here's a here's a band, a, a Bay Area band that not everyone will remember, and I know you will. Pablo Cruz. Yes, Pablo Cruz is another one. Yeah. Oh, guess what year their debut album came out? In 1977. That's right. Yeah. You got to find I your place this. in the sun. It's a great, great <laughs> album, great song. We had a lot. I mean, the Bay Area really had the mecca of of the biggest bands to this day. Really, if you think about it. You know what? I never take time to think about it because it just it just kind of happens. It's just mm-hmm. part of the DNA. It's part of the backbone. You know. And then yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking in my head while we're talking, we just had Carrie Kelly on a couple of weeks ago, who's now currently yeah. playing Night Ranger. Night Ranger, yeah. Fuck. And there you go, another one. There's another, another one. <laughs> yeah. And and then Sammy Hagar, of course. Yeah. Because his Hagar. connection with you know his whole connection with uh, Ronnie Montrose mm-hmm. and. What is it with Sammy, man? Sammy always plays with great guitar players, man. Yeah, he definitely And he's does. a great guitar he's player a, himself. Yeah, he's great himself. I was way into his solo career. Street Machine and Danger Zone, all that great stuff. Fucking, what was the one that uh, had red, red, I see red. Yeah, down, yeah. Down, 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 down. Yeah. I think that was just a red album 
the art was just all, everything was red. I don't even know if I had a title or not, but it is Mark Denzizen, yeah. uh, definitely a sure. friend of the, of the podcast, Mark and great drummer himself, uh, drummer of so many bands, but in his own solo project, but he mentions Boz Skaggs. Fuck me. Yeah. Boz Skaggs, another one, Steve <laughs> Miller, Steve Miller. Well, yeah. There he was these... a couple. Of... <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this because we, we know the club scene. And uh, did you play all three Keystones in any of your bands? Were you ever able to play this Keystone uh, family, Keystone Berkeley, Keystone Palo Alto, and Keystone? Because I was going to go back to that story about Keystone Palo Alto is where you saw the posh band, Steel Breeze. Keystone Berkeley right. was where you saw the more sort of up-and-coming rock bands. I saw Motley Crue there in front of, like, you know, in front of 70 people. I don't know if you were at that show, but... And then and the Stone yeah. was kind of like the premiere gig where all the, you know, because it wasn't right in the city. It was right on Broadway. Yeah. Across mm-hmm. from the Bohemian Gardens, but but did yeah. you? Um, that being said, there were these huge concerts that they had, and Bill Graham put them on called "Day on the mm-hmm. Greens." Oh man! Did you go to any of those? That. Oh yeah, tell yeah, me. That was my first show. Was "Day on the Green." Do you remember yeah. which one? I do. It was in nineteen seventy-seven. Fuck yeah! It was the it was the Eagles. Eagles headline. And then Steve Miller. Okay. And then and Hart. Uh, Atlantic Rhythm Section, and then Foreigner. Okay. So Foreigner was the first band I ever saw live, and that would be you know that'd be their first album. I wanted Older. to go to that concert. I remember it now. I remember it, but yeah. my mom wouldn't buy. She wouldn't let me go to that one because I the first concert I'd ever gone to was at again Oakland Arena, I guess Oakland Coliseum, but but the arena part where the Warriors played. That was Jackson Five. It was on oh, the, wow. yeah, and that was That's the Dancing top. Machine uh, mm-hmm. sort of album. But then I, I think the idea, I wanted to go to that day on the green, but the day on the green I ended up going on to was Cheap Trick, uh, Molly Hatchet. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, fucking who else? I mean, Journey headlined. I know that. And I think, mm-hmm. I think uh, Black Sabbath with Ronnie James Dio went on right before yeah. that. So I'm not sure if right. he went to that one. So I, I, so many great bands. Oh my God. There were like, there were like three of them every summer, three or four. Yeah. So it'd be Dan three, one, two, three, and four. They'd be like each month, like three weeks apart. Boy, those were the ultimate. <laughs> Have they had those? I mean, I guess in a way, because we were talking right before uh, I ran into the studio, ran out, and then ran back in. We were talking about um, our buddy Jonathan Daniel, who I played mm-hmm. with in uh, Electric Angels, and now he's a, a entertainment mogul. He's a manager for yeah. like some of the biggest bands. Um, yeah, that are out there. I mean, one of the biggest tours of the summer. He's managing Green Day. Who else? Uh, Weezer, Weezer, and Fallout Boy, and Fallout Boy. So all those three bands that are on tour, he manages. Yeah. He put this concert together. That's sort of like a day on the green. They they must be playing. Are they playing Oakland Coliseum? Uh, I think no. They're they're playing actually tomorrow AT and T Park in the in the city. So that's right down there off of Townsend. Okay, so is it where is it where the 49ers play? Uh, or is it where the no, Giants play? They're down, at, they're down at Levi's Stadium down in, in San Jose now. Okay. But, um, did, yeah. Growing up, did you... The Giants play. Okay, okay. So growing up, did you see... Um, I mean, what was it that turned you on to the guitar? What? Why was it the guitar? Uh... Yeah, for me it was it was you know the gateway was Kiss, really. You know, 
Kiss Alive. It was it was Ace Frehley. It was that picture of him in that Alive booklet, the tobacco was <laughs> Paul, and just the lightning bolts going up his piss, his outfit, and all that. It was yeah, I was hooked. It was Kiss Alive, up. Kiss Alive, uh, album was just a little bit too scary for me. I, I, I looked at it and I, I got a little bit frightened. So it took me a couple of years to, you know, I, I, of course I dipped my toe into listening to it, but then when love gun came out, that was the one for me. But mm-hmm. I, I think you're, you have it a little bit more correct. Perfect to get, to get into kiss alive. Cause that was a great, uh-huh. great fucking record. Yeah. That was, that was the first time I ever heard him was the live record. And it was when it, whenever 75, when it came out and then, all I wanted for Christmas. I, my good friend Alex, Alex Margolin, who to this day is still one of my closest friends. He turned me on to Kiss, and he he, I bought his first my first hand me down electric guitar, which was a Memphis double cut. You like a cherry? Yeah, yeah. And he he I call him my guitar guru. He was the guy who like just got me into it. Was it was it a because I remember the the uh, brand Memphis. It was kind of like they made really affordable. <laughs> I very affordable <laughs> very affordable <laughs> yes. they were poorly made but you know it was an electric guitar yeah uh i, I would there's that there's the picture. yeah Fuck. that's oh. it see I mean, I, how cool is that <laughs> yeah it's very cool and, and you have the sort of intro of the, see i always figured in my mind for some reason it was a cherry burst so there's got to be a picture of Ace with a with a cherry burst, uh, Les Paul, because for yeah. you it was the tobacco burst. But but whatever that yeah. picture of Ace was with the cherry burst, that's the one that's inspired me to get so mm-hmm. many Les Paul cherry bursts. And you mm-hmm. know, it's got. I guess it's the Gibson calls it something different these days. I don't know if it's called a cherry burst. Yeah, all these different colors. You know, for the colors, the cherry burst the tobacco burst and then the honey burst and the lemon burst and dirty burst sunset burst oh my god yeah i wonder if there'll be a covid burst <laughs> COVID burst. <laughs> <laughs> just green like a greenish like sort of yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, love it. so guitar took you it um did you have teachers? Did you learn yourself? Self-taught teachers? Yeah, I took lessons for a while. You know, I took lessons at this place in SF called Tree Frog. It was in my neighborhood. And the first guitar, but the first real guitar I got, well, whatever, it wasn't real to me but at the time. But it was like a you know classical nylon string. You know, took the basic lessons of stuff. And you're like, I don't want to learn this crap, you know. And then, then I got this electric. And I took lessons from this guy, Joe DeLauro, who taught at this place called uh guitar studio i think it was and again my friend alex turned me on to this guy and he looked like eddie van halen Dude. and he was super van halen so he was the guy who would like break down the songs and you know teach you the arpeggios and certain scales and stuff but then at the end you'd learn a song that you bring in and want to learn <laughs> your bl- is, you, is it your messages that are blowing up through all this thing yeah oh. i think so don't worry if you, if you need to take it if you need to take a call i understand because you got tour managers you got all that stuff uh billy Rowe is taking the time out of his touring schedule with buck cherry right now to talk with us on our first in the trenches friday well, we appreciate you guys all showing up and uh getting into the chat thank you very much uh actually right there's a comment from robert who, yeah. who works at, who works at gibson custom shop and 
and uh, uh-huh. he makes a lot of those cr- great recreations, and he does all the Tom, you know, I think he works in the Murphy Lab now uh, sometimes as well. I could be uh-huh. wrong, but uh, Robert's amazing dude, and we always see him on the road. So there's yeah, my cherry uh, burst. Uh, right? right? I think they call that the Budokan. Is that the Budokan? Shit. Uh-huh. All right. So I want to I want to move up a little bit fast forward to where you meet the guys in Jet Boy because um, I've, I've known Fernie as well for a long time and we're going to talk about this band because we've talked about yes. a lot of these bands that were from the Bay Area that we loved but there was one band in particular that both of us I think really really fucking dug and unfortunately it never got to the national level because I I kind of feel that it could have been super international but around the bay area they were kind of like rock gods and what was the name of that band head on there you go and yes and and the guitarist uh from jet boy uh fernie fern was was, he was their guitar tech right right he was frank wilsey's guitar tech wow yeah and they were all like a redwood city area which is you know south of sf Top of, that, that, that's top of the hill daily city isn't it a little bit more yeah, yeah that's, that's close pacifica is very it's like you go down top of the hill daily city down into pacifica all right right by the there i i remember there being some sort of fucking stereo uh place right. because uh-huh. they would always put the it always put a million ads on it and, and they'd be selling stereos and we would my mother and i would drive there and we buy whatever the new boom box was because of you know we were very yeah, impressionable. That was Pacific Stereo. Is that what it was? Pacific well, Stereo? It might have been Pacific Stereo. Top of the Hill, Daily one. City. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like the sense in, in New York where they had this guy named Crazy Eddie who grew up. Uh-huh. I mean, my prices are crazy. That that same uh-huh. sort of thing uh, was like that. And the, and the radio stations that we listened to back then, FM was, mm-hmm. wasn't it Camel? Or what was it? What was the K- 106? Oh, uh, there was KFRC. You that was that was that was AM rated that we listened that was to. AM. Yeah. What was the <laughs> FM station that we that we uh, uh, would? KSAN. Was it K- KSAN or KMEL? Camel. KMEL. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. and it, it took a little while because I think later on when Metallica and all those types of heavier bands started busting out, it was like uh, wasn't it? Uh, Cr- it was KSJO and there was KOME. Okay, KOME was more the indie. Wasn't it KRQR? The KRQR, Quake? That, that's another one too, yeah. The Quake. Yeah. I remember that for some reason. <laughs> oh my God, the Quake. <laughs> Fucking hell, I do remember that. So, anyhow, um, getting up to the point of this band head-on, getting back to head-on, and how we were all influenced. Imagine people, if you will, um, Aerosmith meets Hanoi Rocks, Meets the New York Dolls. Yeah, yeah, Little Cheap Trick. Meets Cheap Trick, but like uh-huh. with one of the most killer front men you've ever seen. Like just yes. like inspired voice, everything. Mick Jagger meets, you know, Alice uh-huh. Cooper, everything. The whole nine yards. And then Frank playing guitar like he's fucking, like he just popped out of Joe Perry's uterus. And uh, Oh my God, identical. <laughs> <laughs> like and and then the whole band was characters too and 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 the and the shows were always fucking entertaining. Howard Teeman was the drummer of that Howard band. Was the drummer and Ray uh James Ray, the other guitar player and then uh 
Do you remember the looks that James Ray would give on stage? Yeah, the crazy looks. Yeah, yeah, of course. Dude. God, they were so good. Yeah. I, I mean, good. us just talking about it now, I'm going back to like either it's the stage in Danville or it's the, it's the stone in San Francisco or it's, you know, um, one of these small clubs. And I would see there, I can just see those looks and their songs and everything was hooky and great. So was that... Was Jet Boy the incarnation of Jet Boy? Did that did they have any head-on influence? Oh, I think yeah, they had a ton of influence. You know, especially because of Fern. You know, I met Fern at, at the uh, the old Waldorf, and it was one of those metal Mondays, and we became fast friends, and you know, started the band. And Head On was probably on its way out at that point because I would have been like eighty three, right? So they were you know kind of like on one leg. Like right. kinda they had probably already that. gone down to LA and, and had that the LA thing happen, which happens to so they many never bands. Played LA. Really? From what I understand, they never made it to LA. But you know, they played with Cheap Trick and I think even with Kiss, but it was all in the, within the Bay Area, you know. And it just if they gone to LA, it probably would have changed for them. Could have been one show. Just just I dude, mm -hmm. if I was working in as an AR guy back then, I would have signed him in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I think so, the Bay Area had head on and, and then L.A. had Motley Crue because that's what I always thought. It's just they were kind of like at the same time. Really? Yeah, I could uh, see that. Like right around the yeah. same. I, I never Maybe thought more. about that because I thought that those guys head on were kind of like those are our own and they're, they're our age. They, yeah. Can, you know, Motley Crue is a little bit older, just a little bit more. Yeah. A little bit more folklore. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. It's like like yeah. if I had to make a comparison and we didn't mention this band yet. I would have said Y and T, right? Was yeah. was sort of the Bay Area's rock and rollers, and then you know, like in a way, you know. Yeah, Fuck well, y they definitely Y and T. They definitely were a huge piece of the Bay Area for sure. Y and T at the fucking Warfield. I remember that. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Warfield Theater Y and T with Hans Naughty yeah. opening up. I don't know if you were at that God. show. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw Hans Naughty open for Motley Crue. Like the, the sh I think the show that you saw at Keystone, I saw at the old Waldorf, and then at the Stone. All right, <clears throat> folks. Way if back. you guys, if you guys know anything about it, you want to go down that rabbit hole tonight uh, because it is Friday. Go down to uh, the San Francisco music scene rabbit hole of the early '80s. You know, mm -hmm. going late—I guess early '80s all the way up—you you'll catch all these bands. And I, Vic put up a picture of Head On and just a, and and they were the, they were cool fucking just a cool band and great songs and stuff yeah. like that. Um, they were great. They were so good, so good. So how did did Jet Boy now get their start at that time? Did you guys get your start in the San Francisco club scene, or did you guys move down to LA? It was San Francisco. Okay. We didn't play LA. For, we didn't play LA for like a year after the band was was doing shows. There it is. If we go back to that flyer there, Vic. Um, it's yeah, the, that yeah, that would have been like '85 there. I think that show. That's when GNR opened for us, and <laughs> we would open for them in, in LA. I love it. You guys, you did did a residency swap, huh? And if yeah. You, and if you look at that, you could see that it's the stone in San Francisco. That's the the Keystone right. uh, family that we were talking yeah. about. And uh, go uh, if you can go back to that flyer real quick, Vic. Vic, Vic, you know he loves to rush me to get on stage, but then you know I I tell him to keep the photos up, but he, mm -hmm. he wants to take those off quick too. Come on, buddy. There it is, heavy metal productions, or is it uh -huh. Kevy metal? Kevy metal. 
And you can tell by 415 area code, dude, it's all there. Uh-huh. All right, Jet Boy. Um, so when did you guys decide to make that move down to Los Angeles? Uh, once we had label interest, we had one guy, Steve Prossett, Electra Records, which we originally signed with. And he took interest right away. And once we knew it was going to happen, we ended up relocating. So okay. sorry for this. Don't worry about it. You know, these what? dings, all these dings that are going off these texts. I get these every morning from Mick Cripps from LA guns. This, and it's probably all about the stones or the Beatles or <laughs> something of that sort. Cause uh, he gets, <laughs> yeah. Him and I are still really close and we just. Mick Cripps is funny. cool as fuck too, dude. That guy. He, so, there he is again. There is Mick Cripps. <laughs> why don't we just have, why don't we just invite him on? Because he'd be good to talk about it too. I would turn this thing off, and I'm not savvy enough to not I know. mute the dings. So hey, Billy, please put the phone on mute or buzz. Constant yeah, ringing will ruin your episode. All right, Chris. Dude, if you didn't see my intro, if that didn't ruin it right out of the gate, me running in, slipping all over this shit, trying to get stuff together, I don't know what will. But you know what? We I watch a lot of... Uh, you we're know, gonna make it funny, you know. We're gonna talk about this now. The dings, the ding show. It's gonna be the ding show. <laughs> hey, we, hey, we grew up on the Gong Show, right? Come on, dude. The Gong Show. What was the name of the um the the host of the Gong Show? Oh God, he was that. There's that crazy story about him. I don't know if it's, what was his name again? Uh, somebody in the chat. The Gong Show, 1970s. Who was the host? Please tell us. That's the, that's the reason I love it. It's it's almost like having um, Siri joining us in the chat room because they they are right on it. Chuck Barris. There you go. Chuck Barris. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, well, thank you very much, Fred. I think Fred put it on there. Uh, Chuck Barris was uh, he was the first celebrity I ever mm-hmm. ever. I didn't even talk to him. I was a little kid at Ghirardelli Square, which was right by your house at the chocolate, yeah. you know, the chocolate factory. Or you'd because every weekend uh, my folks would take us. We'd go to to, to San Francisco. We drive from Pleasanton because yeah. we like to hang out in the park and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So I was getting cultured apparently. Um, so this was before every single parent in the seventies divorced. So you know, I remember going there, and Chuck Barris was in line. There he is. How did you get that, Vic? That's oh that's God. quick work. Dude, the gong show, he he was the first celebrity that I ever sat or stood in front of, and we were all waiting for our chocolate Sundays at Ghirardelli Square, which and you were probably just chilling out at your house two blocks away because it's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was close. That's actually right where Tower Records was. So that was the – used to take the bus down there as a kid to – by the weekly record if we you know with the allowance that's that's where i bought my first album yeah that's where i bought my first album on my own my grandma mm-hmm. bought me my grandma bought me uh osmond's live but then i bought clearance clearwater revival yeah yeah another bay area band was it okay yeah yeah, yeah. they were from berkeley i think well, folks, you're listening to billy rowe on the ding episode of uh, yeah. in the trenches I don't know. I don't you know, I don't know how to turn the thing off. Do you know how to do that? You know what? You saw me at the beginning of the show. I was I was invisible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Literally, my camera was not picking uh, me up at all, and and you could all all you could see was a studio. So I, I have no clue. I know that there's a million uh, people in the chat right now that could definitely help out in a, in two yeah. seconds, but that's okay. 
That's okay. So we're down in L.A. Uh, you're signed to Electra, same label as Motley Crue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses has opened for you in SF. Now, you know, you guys, I think we were all opening up for GNR at that point on down in L.A. And we, the two of us, because we never knew each other in the Bay Area. No, we didn't. No. We, we met, how did we meet? It, uh, it was at a, at a show or, you know, we did a show together. Uh, it was, it must've been when you were doing candy, a candy jam or something like that. Right. It must've been a candy jam because we, we, there's, there's a good shot folks. Honestly, I mean, hold it up there, Vic. Don't do the lightning rod pull down just yet because that is a cavalcade of star power right there. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so you got Mickey Finn on the far right. That's your lead singer of Jet Boy to this day. Mickey Finn, yep. right? And then you mm-hmm. got Gilby Clark in one of the most kick-ass glam jackets uh, that you've ever seen. Then you got a very youthful Ryan Roxy next to Gilby Clark with some big-ass hair. And then you got a very nice profile shot of Billy Rowe playing that. Was that your main guitar to begin with, that Les Paul? Um, yeah, I, I went through a few. That's actually a, a Bernie. Is that a yeah, Bernie guitar, a replica of a oh. you know the Japanese? Okay, yeah. I don't know. T- tell us the history of a Bernie. It, it was like a Greco. It was the same. Like you remember the Grecos? Yeah, that was. I think that's owned by Ibanez now, but it was. It wasn't a Gibson. Okay, it was, you can still find them online, you know, on eBay or whatever. They're like reasonably priced, and I, I think people go for them now because they're actually good guitars. Let me hear that. Let me see that picture one more time because there's a couple things I want to point out that, that made it inherently 1980s. Uh, yeah. Behind all those drums, folks, and I know Mark Denzison will be happy. It was probably, it could have been Mark Denzison, but I'm pretty sure it was John Schubert behind yeah. all those drums at that point. And we were probably playing Surrender or a, a Sweet Song, uh-huh. you know? Um, right. I, I had some spandex on. Gilby had pleather, the, the, those leather pants that weren't really leather, but pleather, you mm-hmm. know, and they, you never washed them and they were super, super uh, smelly. And then mm-hmm. uh, you had the pirate shirt on, man. That's, that's the one that was, that was dude, got to bring back the pirate shirt. Uh, David Plastic's got a bunch of photos because the other one who got up after I did was Izzy did a song with you guys as well. And, and Ricky Rackman was singing. Is he straddling and Ricky Rackman came up? I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there was enough concha belts to, to start your own Western. Oh yeah. That was yeah. Big time. What is it called? Concha belts or what are those little, what are those things called? Conchas? Nick Cripps, will you please cut? Stop digging Billy Rowe. I'm going to tell. They said top left of, I don't know what they mean by the top left of, uh, top left. All right. Don't worry. Uh, muting this thing. Yeah, but if you, I, we don't want to mute your voice as well. It's no, the button thing turns off the ringy dingy. One mm-hmm. ringy dingy, two mm-hmm. ringy dingies, three ringy dingies. There was was that a Bay Area show? That was the laughing. Laughing? No, I don't know if that was a Bay Area show, but, but it seemed like yeah. it was. You know, right? Love yeah. American style. That was another thing that we mm-hmm. probably both have in common. Even so much, yeah, didn't you have a one of your solo bands afterwards had that vibe of Love America? Uh, yeah, American Break, the band we did, yeah, 
Yeah, American Heartbreak. It, it was, uh, that, that's the Jet Boy photo there. Okay, that's the original Jet Boy. Go back to that, Vic, if you can. Yeah, that's like early days. Yeah. See, I, I see a little bit of head-on influence, head-on mm-hmm. Hanoi, all those cool album covers, you know, whether it was Two Steps from the Move, you mm-hmm. know. We all kind mm-hmm. of looked at the same album covers. We all owned the same pirate shirt at one point. There it is. See, head on, just a, it's it's you can see the evolution. You guys just had, you know, you guys had just mastered the uh, the crimping iron and the teasing and the you know just the exi- the right amount of Aquanet that would stick stuff up. Right. What was <laughs> when was the last time you actually spiked your hair out, Billy? Oh, it's been a while. Like that? Oh, my God. 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> we all did that. Look at that shit. Aye, aye, aye. Dude. Well, we all, we all walked, we would not go out of the house unless we looked like that, right? Drunk Jennifer Aniston. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why does Vic want to take these photos down? I want to see them. You put them up and then you take them down. I love it. You went Western on me. Look, more conchos. And the earring itself. That's a weighty thing. That'll that'll see before there was ear. What are those things that the the, the kids put in their ears now? That that make their ears, their skin that oh, big. Out. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's some sort of tribal tribal stuff. <laughs> you could tell we're from the old school when we start going. What are those things <laughs> that people put in their ears? Space that spaces them out because. Uh-huh. Even that is old, you know, even right. people that have those in their ears are old. So it's like, we're super, we're classic now. We're classic Coke. I love it. <laughs> so That's another good one. Was that when you guys went all uh, like TV this, sitcom? Yeah. What was that photo shoot idea about? This, this was all, you know, the magazine. You remember you were always doing photo shoots for with some photographer for rip or metal edge. You or, were, you know. we weren't, we never got, a, we, I think we, we did one, I think we did one, actually one really cool photo shoot with Bob Gruen. That was great. But, but you know what? You probably had, go back to that photo, Vic, if you could, uh, you probably had Niels Lozauer, uh, doing these shots. Yeah, and he, stuff did, like that. he did some early photos of us. I don't think they ever really got used, but he, we did shoot with him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I could, was jet boy, it sounds so cliche to say, but were you big in Japan? We did pretty good over in Japan. Yeah. You know? well, we, did, we went over there and, yeah, they, you know, did a couple shows. I could see, you know, because the thing is, hold up that on that photo for just a second. Uh, if you look at the lineup and you see one of the names there, you know, we were talking about Hanoi Rocks being a big, uh, yeah. we were talking about yeah. Hanoi being such a big influence, so much so that you guys, got Sam Yaffa, who was the bassist of Hanoi, in the band. And how did that whole thing come about? Uh, I I remember our manager at the time. Do you remember Bridget? Bridget, right? Yeah, Bridget was managing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she asked us if you could have any bass. But this was when we went through the stuff with Todd. Everybody knows the Todd story. Yeah, I mean, not, our, our viewers might not know because we have a lot of uh, Europe Europeans watching as well. And, uh, yeah, t- mm-hmm. Todd. Uh, it's our original bass player. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I remember Todd from, from the Troubadour. And, and him and I had many, many uh, conversations that neither of us <laughs> probably remembered. You know, yeah, and, right. and, and, and Todd Crew, I mean, he's... He's the guy, the reason why you guys love to hear Guns N' Roses play Knocking on Heaven's Door 
Um, To this day, Mm -hmm. Todd is the inspiration behind that song because because Axel would dedicate that song to Todd uh, every single night because Todd passed away really early on. He was one of the first sort Mm -hmm. of rock and roll casualties of our sort of overindulgence era, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice way to put something very kind of kind of tough to 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 you know to think about because it it was one of those things. It's like you guys were really on on the up and up. Everything's happening good, and then you know this this thing happened, and obviously um, guns went on to to really you know sort of memorialize Todd with that song um, every mm-hmm. single night, and then you guys are now without. A bass player so what yeah. do you do yeah well i mean that the story was as todd was you know he was going down that road of a lot of drinking you know so we just yeah. had it was it was He's difficult yeah it was it, it was hard to function as a band when we were in a room together and all that and so we ended up letting him go right and that was that was the big controversy because we were nobody understood you know, we're all a team and a family with all us bands, you know, not just Jet Boy, but GNR and the whole scene and all that. So no, there, there was really- a camaraderie that you, you don't, yeah. I, I haven't seen it since in Los mm-hmm. Angeles, at least. Maybe, maybe yeah. it has, de- you know, there's certain scenes, maybe certain indie scenes, maybe the Silver Lake scene years later, mm-hmm. there there is this sort of a bunch of bands bonding together. And hopefully it is right now with bands getting together that we have no idea, you know, where they're meeting and what sort of clubs they're playing. But there really was this sort of bonding. And we went to go see, we didn't, we, we went to not just check out the band's set and what we could maybe borrow from or what clothing ideas we could sort of, you know, sort of get inspiration from, but we also went on there to cheer them on, you know, yeah. those other bands. So yeah. we were all supporters of each other and it was, uh, and friends. It was like one big, it was like one big ass rock and roll high school for real, you know, yeah. kind of survive, kind of all revolving around Ricky's cat, Ricky and Tammy's cat house. Yeah. yeah. In a way on Tuesday. And I, I'm told from David plastic, that photo of us, that that's where that was. I thought it was the whiskey. I could be wrong, but that was it. He, Rick- said, he I, said, David plastic, who took that said it was, it was the cat house. So, okay. Wow, because I don't remember doing a jam with the cat at the cat house with with, with those yeah. backdrops. Because we remember yeah. there was a pink and black backdrop and stuff like that. That right, right. I mean, right. I mean, to me, if that we don't remember, if we don't remember, it's probably what it was. <laughs> okay, but look at there. there there's a PA. You know, there was you know yeah. would know Mark Denzizi would know. He knows all those clubs. I think that 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 uh, the fact that there was a, a a drum monitor right behind the thing that smells like the whiskey. You That's know. I'm with you on that. It definitely sure. wasn't Madame Wong's but, West because Madame Wong's West had those doors right in the back of the drums. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to say the whiskey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so we're getting to how you got Sam. Cause we're all, we're having this bond, all of our bands during that era. And one of the bands that we're all kind of looking up to is Hanoi rocks. And then how, yes. so we're all looking up at you guys going, how the <laughs> fuck did you get Sammy in the band? I know. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, we like Bridget asked, asked us, who would you, if you could have any bass player, I remember saying that, who would you want? And I think it was me who said, as I, what about Sam Yaffa? Cause we were such, everybody was, you know, is that, that that's was, a picture but, of you guys when 
like you're before Sam's in the band because I see Michael uh, Monroe. Michael Monroe yeah. and you are, are competing for who's got bl- whose hair is blonder. All right, Michael, we're competing. That's actually when we played the Cat Club in New York for the first time, and Mike was living in New York, and he came to the show, and wow. he got up and did a song with us and played harmonica. So Sam had been in the band for almost a year at this point, probably. Just so you know, that could be Michael Monroe dinging uh, Billy right now because, uh, yeah, and, and that's the that's the story we're going to right now. It, it, it is Mick Cripps. So. <laughs> Would you tell Mick? Can you can you message him back and just say, you know what, dude, I'm doing a podcast with Roxy, and and he'd love to have you on. Uh, Mark Denzison says that those pictures are from the whiskey. So there you go. And didn't okay. Bridget, your manager from Jetboy, she also managed Guns for a while, right? <clears throat> or did she not? Uh, she, she, I think worked, she did work with them for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, they, I think they and, were all living up of sunset. Cause didn't Bridget live up from the whiskey? Didn't she have an apartment up there? Maybe not by the, that time. Yeah, I think it was off of Franklin. It was close. To, yeah. There was probably, she, there was a few places she had. So <laughs> we all moved around then. Right. At least I know she did. She had like four apartments in the, the time she was managing. She's us. connected. Bridge is connected, man. There was a lot of yeah. people that that I, I would like to get in the scenes. You know, uh, you remember Desi Benjamin as well? Yeah, uh-huh, of course. Because De- De- Desi, I want to have on the podcast at one point, folks, to talk a little bit more. He's more of a historian of that whole scene. He knows it. He actually made a movie of it. Were you guys part of that movie, that documentary no. that he made? Okay. Oh, no, we were not. No. I only I saw pieces of that. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to have him on the show so that we can uh, really do a deep dive into it and stuff. So there it is. Desi Benjamin shout out. And, and you know what? It's not that I, I not ignoring any emails that you've sent me. I've just, we're just trying to schedule in, but uh, we've changed uh, our dates to be honest with you folks. Billy Rowe was one of my first interviews that I had for this podcast. Like when I first started it, right in the trenches. That long time ago, but we never aired that episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we never, never aired it. That's so right. by so by the time that you know, if, if we could air, because we were always saying, oh, well, we'll air it if we have a week where we're not doing, uh, where, where, where we're you know, put uh, where we're tough for a guest and stuff. We'll just put that episode in because we have something. And then I was like, no, let's get Billy in now because there's a lot to talk about, not just you know him currently being on tour. Uh, with Buck Cherry and all the stuff that he's doing with with Jet Boy as it, to this day, because the last album that you put out in uh, I think it was 2019, Born to Fly. Yeah. Is there something mm-hmm. new coming out with Jet Boy as well? Uh, not right now. No. Okay. We're, we're we're gonna be doing some cover record, but that's kind of like in the works type thing. So. And what uh, are you are you able to? reform with a lot of the original guys for any of these shows or who's in the lineup now it's been primarily myself mick and fernie front row is is pretty consistent yeah 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 okay and we just we really just do it when all our live schedules line up properly you know and is ron is ron uh tordinson do i have it right tostinson Charles yeah, our original drummer Ron. No, he's 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 uh he's a he's got a contracting business and he still plays. He's gotten up a couple shows at the whiskey that we did, probably going on eight years earlier now or longer. But uh, <clears throat> he's got his own thing going now and just doesn't really play music as much. What about Charles? Is Charles Charles? 
yeah, he did. He he actually stepped in for when we did the cat house thing not long ago, like five years ago. Okay, but he lives in Norway. Aha! All right. Yeah. Fucking dude. I mean, I'm because I was looking at your members and I was like going, okay, current members. That's that's reasonable. I see a current five member lineup, but then I go in past members. Who do you guys think you are? L.A. Guns. <laughs> I know. You look at that sometimes with these bands now, and it's amazing the past member list. I know. But yeah. no one's as amazing as LA goes. I mean, they yeah. have. They, I mean, it's kind of your rite of passage to to be an LA musician. You have to have played a gig, or be associated with someone that's played a gig firsthand with LA Guns. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at yours. There's a, there's a lot of names on on the uh, former members, wow. and now I'm thinking your current band that you're jamming with, uh, with Buck Cherry. There's some members yeah. in that band too. There's a little bit yeah. of history in that band. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's if you're around long enough, you're going to have a list. <laughs> unless you're, uh, you know, the only ones that don't are the big guys. Well, like, I'm even I, cheap. Trick have a list now, right? <laughs> well, cheap trick has all their sons. Yeah, exactly. You know? so but but you know, but but well well bred. Like it's it's like it's like rock and roll pedigree. It's supposed to be that way. I mean, if you, you, yeah. you know, if you hear Dax play drums, Dax Nielsen, who's Rick's son, he now plays drums in Cheap Trick. He's perfect right. fit for it. He's right there. And there's a ticket of Cheap Trick, uh, Jet Boy opening up for Cheap yeah. Trick. There it is. I was, from, I was from the pink section. Remember that? The date book and the Chronicle the Examiner. The section Sunday. of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you can go back to that right. shot right now, I just want to show you, folks. When we do it on In the Trenches, um, our, we're so fine with our egos that In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy is not as big of a font as plus special guest Billy Rowe. See, we, we make it kind of equal, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, to be put as special guest with Chief Trick, what an honor! That's great. Yeah, you know? that was pretty yeah. But but now currently, oh, that's a good shot of you and uh, and uh, Tom Peterson and some, yeah. somebody getting their head in is a you know the first oh, lean in. Yeah, that was that was the highlight of touring for in those days. We toured with them for a while. You did, yeah, we did. Did did they uh, invite you on stage for, uh, for the uh, last song? They did, yeah. What yeah. song did you do? Uh, he's a whore. Oh fuck yeah! In D, the key of yeah. D. I love that yeah. first album, right? Jack Douglas. Fuck right. man. So so you would that would be the song that who came up on stage to jam with Cheap Trick when you would do that? Uh, it was the end of the tour and it was, I guess it, it was, I think we all went up. I think actually Bunny gave the sticks to Ron and he sat down and played his kit. Bunny just stood there and sipped a drink or whatever smoked and, a uh, smoked a cigarette. Yeah. Love it. And Love I it. think, yeah, Sammy played bass and Tom stood there. I think we, they just kind of handed instruments and Nielsen played and, and Xander sang and Mick and we all came out. It was the whole band. It was like both bands just mashed up. But but how do you do it now? Because are you, you've always had a bit of a cool vibe. You're not, you don't seem so starstruck. And now that you make guitars and you build guitars for some of the biggest names um, that are in the business, are you ever sort of dumbfounded by the rock stars that you meet or do you, does that little kid part still come out sometimes or do you always just kind of like, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah it has to. Yeah. Like little that. kid is, I can't hide you gotta, it. No, you can't actually when we, we had a layover in Denver getting to where we are right now and me and Stevie were going to about to get some food and he's like, Whoa, there's Billy Gibbons. And what? You saw him? 
Yeah, we, we like talked to him and took a picture. And, you know, I know Buck Terry's played with ZZ Top a few times, so they know each other, you know, but not when I was in the band. But I'm like, you know, just standing there and I'm like, this is Billy motherfucking Gibbons. So it's you, and Stevie, cool. it's you and Stevie D as the guitarist in, uh, in, the, in the current lineup. Josh, Josh yeah. is front yeah. of the band. Josh Todd, Stevie D. Uh-huh. You yeah. got, you got yeah. Kelly and uh, Francis as well? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and the tour is going good. The shows are going good. And going good. Mick Cripps mm-hmm. is not wanting to be third guitar player in the band yet, or is that what all the dings are for? Yeah, exactly. Well, oddly enough, Cripps and I do have, or it's more his thing called the Plunkets, which you would know where that came from. Well, Plunkett. the Plunkets. Being a fan of a certain team. Are you saying the Jim Plunkets? Like, like, we have like, a band. That's a that's he's a Raider. Yeah. He's like an old Raider, yeah. and he won. He actually won the Super Bowl with the with the Los Angeles Raiders. But Jim yeah, Plunkett. That's right. And yeah, he, and so a friend of ours, Patrico, who's a Bay Area guy, and Crips are good friends, and we put this band, a cover band, it's kind of a goofy, fun band, do covers and call it the Plunkets because Crips and Patrico are huge Raider fans. I, you know what? I know Plunkett's whole career. He started out and as a New England Patriot, and, and folks, this was like back in the day when New England couldn't win a game. For decades, they were the worst team. <laughs> For like decades, they were the Browns. They were the Browns before the Browns have been the Browns. Well, they were kind of like exactly the same as the Browns because the Browns, is, well, they, the Browns were good maybe one or two years all through those eras. But I remember uh, Plunkett coming over as a Raider saying he's washed up. He's never going to do anything. And then he fucking won the fucking Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The Plunkett's, great name, great band. My, my new favorite yeah. band. I love it. Well, you know what we got to do? We've been shit. Do you got time or, or you got to you got to split? No, I'm good. Okay, cuz I I'm going to get shit going quick. I don't know why I I we start rambling. I know exactly why. We start rambling and we start talking about SF and we start talking about a whole bunch of other stuff, but we have a whole bunch of new stuff to talk about, especially the guitar company Rock and Roll Relics. Yeah. That's coming up right there. Jim Plunkett endorses it and definitely check out the Plunkets and keep te- you know what? Somebody if they have a uh, uh, Mick Cripps private number please text him right now tell him to stop dinging us on our episode uh because we are going to go for a quick commercial break right now and these are short folks when we do in the trenches uh breaks we don't do these super long commercial breaks because we know your time is important we appreciate you coming out for our first itt friday but uh let's go for a commercial break. these are all about buyer dynamic microphones let's do that Hello, Ryan Roxy here, host of the In the Trenches podcast, and I also play guitar for Alice Cooper. I just wanted to take a second to talk about what mic you're hearing me speak through and what headphones I choose to listen to all my audio with. My go-to podcast and live performance mic is this TG V70 dynamic vocal mic. And when I'm recording acoustic stuff, I'll always mic it up with the Biodynamic M160 double ribbon mic. I listen to everything with the DT1770 Pro headphones unless I'm out and about. That's when the Event the Wireless headphones really make listening to music, podcasts, or any other audio app that's on my phone ultra high fidelity and latency free. Check out their official site or the links below in the description of this video to find out more about what makes Biodynamic a musician's choice in pro audio mics and headphones. Now, let's get back into the trenches for some more rock and roll. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the ride. Thank you very much. Vic Chalfant just made us a new commercial. Uh, over the weekend, and uh, that's Biodynamic. Thank you very much, Biodynamic, for uh, powering us up and uh, 
allowing us to have Mr. Billy Rowe as our special guest today on In the Trenches Friday. If you're listening to us again on audio, make your way on over to the Ryan Roxy official channel. And if you are first listening to us for the first time, I can't reach it, but hit that subscribe button and uh, come check us out uh, every single Friday from here on out, especially when we're on tour with Alice Cooper coming up in just a couple weeks. And uh, paving the way, they're the tour dates, Alice Cooper and, of course, Ace Fraley. We've been talking about him, Billy. Um, but you know what? That's that's so much in the future. That's way in the future that we're talking with Alice and, and Ace going out because currently, presently, right now, tonight in Minnesota, Buck Cherry is rocking the house, and they're on tour. They're the brave pioneers going there. Look at that. Good shit. Relic damps, dude. Look yeah. at that. Is that you and Stevie D right there? Yeah. Yeah, and Francis in the background there pounding the drums. Nicely done. Did you do you actually relic your uh, cabinets as well? No, those are those are <laughs> actually relic through Fucking the beautiful. years. Those, I've had those since like '88. Go back to that picture if you can, Vic. Look at those. <laughs> hey, of like, course, uh, gear geeks always notice that stuff. I dude, love it. Honestly, we were talking about that the other day because that's what we're diving into now: that's gear right. geeks and equipment freaks. Um, a relic, like cabinet, it hasn't <laughs> been done yet. And we could be the first people to do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe what we we have we have ideas, folks. We have lots of ideas pumping together, and uh, that's what we're here to talk about. Is Billy Rose Guitar Company called Rock and Roll Relics? What got you into being a guitar luthier? Uh, it, well, this was super natural progression for me. But uh, I built a guitar in high school. And I was always into tinkering with guitars, and after high school, of course. Jet Boy started, but I would like, you know, I had an old Strat and I painted it hot pink and put a mirror guard on it and, you know, swapping out pickups. And through the years, I was just kind of into doing my own thing with just certain guitars until I found that Gretsch White Falcon. It really was until I, I think, moved back to San Francisco after the L.A. stint with uh, Jet Boy ended. And in the 90s, I just started doing the same thing, building some parts guitars for fun. And eBay comes along. And you start seeing this relic guitar thing happening on a real small level, just like small builders selling stuff on, uh, right. on eBay. Really, I remember it was Nash Guitars, which if you know relic stuff, he's one of the first guys to be out there doing it. So I started building a few and I threw one on eBay and it sold and, and just slowly just turned into rock and roll relics. I built a website and uh, I had no plans of doing what i'm doing right now it all just organically happened well i definitely had you relic a couple of my guitars over the years yeah, the, the, the uh what you know so many of them actually the sg is great uh wow. the the billy joe armstrong uh les paul jr that i have is relic by you okay. as well a couple right. of Les pauls that you've done over the years um uh-huh. the thing is i'm imagining that in high school yeah, I know what you're talking about. You were in wood shop, and exactly. you, you you made it. It was probably an elective, and you used it. You know, you got it to get a good grade and stuff. You got an easy uh-huh. A and stuff like that because you made a guitar. I made a wooden bowl. That was it. I I, I think I yeah. made a. I think I carved out a wooden bowl, and it was really crappy, but I still own it to this day, and it weighs about twenty pounds. But at least you made uh-huh. a guitar, something functional and nice. Um, yeah. Rock and roll relics is now gotten to the point where you're making guitars for like some super big names 
and uh, Dragon, there, there's Chris putting it in there right there, being one of the wow. names that you uh, have played with and uh, built a guitar for. Um, right. One of those models, what's it like building a guitar for, let's say, a guy like Dragon or, you know, Billy Joe Armstrong, the guy that now we grew up kind of listening to and, or, you know, maybe he was a little bit younger. He's more into the punk scene, but like right. now you're building guitars for him. What's your relationship like with him, and how did that all come about? Uh, yeah, that was that all came about going back to the Plunkets. The singer of the Plunkets, Patrico, is uh, very close with Mike Dirt, the bass player at Green Day. And so I met him through him coming to Plunkett show, and he saw my stuff, and he just said, "Billy Joe would love your stuff." And if, he sent him my website and hit me up and bought a guitar and started following me on Instagram and just. He's just been a huge supporter and a fan of what I do, and uh, really once once he start once that once he came on board Rock and Roll Relics, the kind of it really jumped a, a big level for me. So well, I remember you had guitars. I, I, you had uh, Relic guitars for me um, already, but then you had Gilby Clark. You did a model for Gilby Clark, yeah, right? For Gilby, yeah, and uh-huh. Bruce Kulick as well. Yeah, we did something with Bruce, and uh, and I remember Mike saying something to me about Billy saying, you know, Billy's a shredder at heart. You know, yeah, yeah we're a punk mm-hmm. band, but he can also shred, but he never really, sh- he rarely shows that side of his playing. Right. Now, have you ever listened to him shred in front of you? Yeah, he's a, he's a great guitar player and he's a, he's a huge fan of like our era of, of the LA scene, you know, because he's a few years younger. Right. And so he, he, him and Mike Dern have been playing together for years. And they, Green Day started off doing like Def Leppard covers and Kiss covers from like the non-makeup era, you yeah. know. So he's, he's a fan of the crew and, and Rat and, and, you know, the, the <laughs> whole genre, you know. And then, of course, the punk rock he got into. And that's a whole other thing. But yeah. I remember when I delivered when he's got a guitar shop in, in Oakland called Broken Guitars. And when I, de- I delivered one of the early ones he got and we just clicked talking about how great the guitar tones on hot Def Leppard's high and dry are. And that's probably some of the best rock tones on yeah. recorded. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's basically an ACDC record on steroids. That's Mutt yeah. Lang yeah. taking like all the experience and all the beauty of an, of the ACDC records that he had done. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, and then putting it into this, infusing it into this youthful band that's just like fucking out of the gate. Let's do it. Let's fucking rock. And it, it, it's just such a perfect album. That is my favorite Def Leppard album of all the albums. I got. I must yes. say, it's, yeah. it's it's a, to me it's like songs, everything, just straight ahead rock and roll. It's before, I, I get it. You know, the the era after that was magical. It was huge you know pyromania hysteria all those things the production the background vocals but this if you want straight ahead fucking rock and roll it's either high and dry or on through the night mm-hmm. those two albums just are like fucking killer you know yeah no doubt about it but you know I, I, I you can't say anything bad about the later era stuff as well because when phil came in to the band he took it up and and, and made it took it up to a different level you know and now right. they're and now we God, I forget now who's all in the band now. Is, is Vivian in the band? I think Vivian's in the band, yeah. I think Fucking they have a list. 
former members now too. Yeah, so 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 it's it's now it's a little bit more like oh shit, these guys are fucking real musicians. Everybody playing in the band, they're really accomplished. Whereas like High and Dry was a little bit still a little bit punky, a little bit edgy, a little bit like yeah, you know, there might be some wrong notes here and there, and you know, mm-hmm. I like I like all of that. I like it. I like taking. I like polishing it, but then buffing it out, like relicking it exactly what you do at rock and roll. Yeah, there you go. Perfect way. You gotta have a little rough edges in in the music. Can't be too perfect. Like making something like you know really nice and beautifully uh, burst, like a nice burst finish, but then spray painting over it, you know, some crazy like white sort of yellowish color, but then uh-huh. fucking it all up and sanding it all down. <laughs> Holy <laughs> folks, what is that? Yeah. What is what? that? Holy is- shit! There you go, folks. There's your Easter egg right now. We're looking right now live into the uh, Rock and Roll Relics guitar paint studio, and this is what they're making right now. Can you can you uh, freeze it, Vic, if it's possible to freeze it with just the picture of the front of the guitar? Uh, there. there you go. <laughs> Thank you very much, Vic. Folks, right there. That could be COVID burst. Maybe that's what we'll call this this finish on this guitar. I don't really know if I want that, but folks, no, this, it'll be covered for you. But you know, this is the guitar. You can see it being painted right now. That is going to be my first rock and roll relics original, because mm-hmm. because Billy, this is your this is your original fucking design. Tell us about yeah. it and tell us where the inspiration from it came. I think I might know. Yeah, this one came from this. There's a uh, somebody I became friends with through, of course, like the Instagram world and the internet world. Named Dave Kerr, and he's a designer. Uh, he's, from, he's from England, but he lives in China now. Looking works for a toy company or something. But he had he had some ideas, and at the base of this design, he had he had you know sketched out line drawn like and he hit me up because i'd love to you know see you do this even if it's a one-off for me and i'm like dude i'm totally into it. let's work together on this and i think i did like one tweak on the, the upper horn and then came up with a the headstock and so we matched our designs up and and what are the, you calling that design it's called the revenge model okay so, yes. so this will be the this will be roxy's revenge mm-hmm I love it. That guitar that you just yeah. saw, folks, is being built as we speak that so that I can, yes. hopefully, fingers crossed, I can take it. It'll be ready by the time this tour starts, and I can take it out there and play it on a nightly basis, and you guys can all see it when you're out there on tour. That's amazing. Yep. It is, it's finished being painted, and so you know yesterday the Seymour Duncan showed up. So we have the pickups. They're zebras. They're uh, so everything is zebra, ze- zebra striped pickups. Seymour Duncan pickups. Um, yeah. What kind of neck were you able to get on it? Were you able to get that Gibson scale, or what kind of style was it? Oh, on the actual neck of the yeah. guitar. Yeah. That's a Gibson scale. I mean, it's it's that, and it's a tw- it's a it's it's a it's a compound radius, so it's a little bit flatter. Okay. Than what you would have, but you're you're, you're really not going to notice it much. It's it's minimal. Compound radius is one of those like sort of buzzwords that guitar players love to hear with the next one. Compound radius because it's easier to go up the neck and right. Okay. Yeah, it gets a little flatter. Yeah, so for bending, it's going to be a little easier and a little more fluid, you know. Okay, and then uh, what are you going to use? What else do I have to say? The finish, because what you folks saw 
was basically just a, a spray-painted yellow guitar, but I gave you a little bit of clues in between. Before that, if there, there's a, a bit of a tobacco sunburst, and what are we going to be doing? We're going to be relicking all that off so it looks like a... Yeah. Uh-huh, you'll see the burst underneath. So we'll do the spots where your, your, you know, your arm would you know, wear out the finish and stuff like that. So the top coat's really thin. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do, you know, we'll do some stuff around the knobs, you know, from spinning them on and off. And it's, it's, if you want a guitar good. to look as, as, you know, that sort of ages with you, Rock and Roll Relics is the perfect company to go to because you can see that, you know, the guitar is going to look like you've already been playing it for a while. And I love that. It's got that worn in feel. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, Mick Cripps is going to fucking want it right now. Maybe even Mick Cripps saw it. No. He's does, does does Mick actually like uh, uh, play any of your guitars as well with the with the? He does not. He does not kids? have any. Okay, not yet. He hasn't mm. seen Roxy's Revenge yet, though, dude. He is no, not. but I like that idea of the name, don't you? Roxy's Revenge. It named itself. It na- on this show <laughs> we just named this guitar. That that particular guitar has to be Roxy's Revenge, don't you think? Right. I think so. It's. I mean, I think, so. I think we've just done it. And um, if, if anybody wants to uh, check out more of Billy's designs and all that kind of stuff, because we are going to sort of wrap things up a little bit. Um, I'm not saying we're going, so don't go away just yet. But uh, I want to get everybody uh, Billy's contact info of how to get in touch with him. So, Billy, for the people that are listening on the audio broadcast, tell them how to get in touch with you and Rock and Roll Relics. Uh, well, the best is to go to the website, rockandrollrelics.net, and then from there... Uh, you can venture off into the Instagram, Facebook, and all that. That's really all I use for the for the guitars is uh, is Facebook and, and uh, Instagram. Instagram being the main one, so that's pretty easy to find. R and R Relics. And then you have a few others that Vic just put out as well. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I've been trying to find it, Billy Rose sixty six. I couldn't find it all week trying to promote your this show. So you know, yeah, I guess. Uh, not, I'm, I'm I'm active on. I'm trying to get it more active, but I think that's where it comes up in the search when you're a little more okay. Well, active just, on it. So just go I'm to trying. Rocks and Roll Relics, and, and you know what? And maybe in about a month's time, you can just uh, Google search Roxy's Revenge, and it won't you know it won't be me yeah. having indigestion. It'll be me with, think, with a nice guitar. Paint, paint that on the back, Roxy's Revenge. You know? <laughs> oh. We we'll figure out something. We'll figure out something yeah. for it. I'm, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm excited. I'll see you in a couple of days. I mean, you guys got the show tonight. You guys got the tour. How how much longer does the Buck Cherry? Oh wow, you got links for days. How many? How many? That's a bunch of links. Now that's it. Yeah, the Buck Cherry links, the Jet Boy links, Rock and Roll Relic links, and then the personal ones. Jesus. Okay, folks. This this right. last it's it's been a little bit of an infomercial for Billy Rowe in the last couple of minutes. You can go back and check out all those links, um, but all you really need to know is Rock and Roll Relics uh, because because that's the one that I know that uh, all your designs are on. You want to check out all the uh, uh, different types of guitar designs that he's yeah. done, and as well as all the relicing that he does as well. So if you're a guitar player out there, Billy Rowe is your guy. Honestly, I've been in, I'm not just a fan of of your playing, and now that I know that we've had kind of like very similar musical upbringings you know mm-hmm. bay area mm-hmm. down to la the only difference yeah. is I, I moved to europe and and you you went back up yeah, to L, you went back up to sf for a while but now you're back oh, in yeah. la yeah for a while and then three years ago back to la yeah but bay area yeah. boys stays you know. and there's one there 
When was that taken? Was that back in the day with Jet Boy? You were not, you were out, you know, you had left for a while. So that was in uh, 2009. That's that was when at I the moved Warfield. to Sweden. Yeah. The Warfield. Did did, yeah. uh, did Jet Boy play with uh, Alice at the Warfield? Yeah, he did, yeah. That's right. That's a good show. Mm-hmm. That's a good show. Yeah. Damn, I, w- I would have liked to have joined the band even for just that night, but I was in, uh, I was in Sweden at that point. I know. Anyways. So how's everybody doing in the band? How's everybody doing in, in the, I mean, I can obviously know you're tight with Mick Cripps because he's been dinging us the entire show, but uh, yes. what about the other guys in Jet Boy? You talked to Fern and, uh, you know, Mick? Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I talked to, I mean, I talked to Mick the other day, you know, we keep up pretty regularly, you know. Cool. So Mick just moved, he was in Hawaii for years, he just moved to Vegas, so he's closer, you know, when he was in Hawaii, it was hard to like, you know, do stuff together and, you know, hang out, so work on music quick question i try to uh get things in sort of segments but i usually end up going off on tangents um but the this is one we call the one that got away and the reason why i like to ask this question is because we have animation that goes with it so Vic, please Mm -hmm. run it I feel the guy in the animation is kind of like all of us, you know, with the black nail polish looking out at the window, the rain coming down. But the one that got away is inspired from our friend Stanley Gable. And uh, we're asking you about a piece of gear that you wish you still had. And uh, how did you have to sell it? Was it stolen? Or, Uh you know, how did you get rid of it? And do you, you know, what was it? Yeah, it was actually my first if you want to consider real electric guitar, because it was a Gibson. <laughs> it was a 69 SG special. Okay. It was, so it could have been cherry, but it was faded brown. And, you know, it had the P90s in it. And, of course, it was influenced by Angus, you know, a super ACDC fan at that point. Well, still. Mm. <clears throat> and that does, one does got Angus's away. Angus's brother play one of your guitars as well? Uh, well, actually the, the, what is it? The nephew, Stevie Young, Stevie Young. Yes. We got one. Yeah. Which is the Starfighter model I have, which is. That's going to be cool, man. That you're, that, that you're sort of idols yeah, and, was- and family members of your idols are all playing your guitars yeah. now. So what yeah. happened to that guitar? That SG? Uh, I actually traded it to somebody in the Jet Boy days. This one guy who was playing bass with us before Todd. Uh-huh. And I just, yeah, that's another one there in that photo there. That was my 54 ES 175, my first hollow body. Fuck, I had the so same that, one, that, dude. Out of way too. But the SG was my first one. It was more, you know, more personal because I was, you know, I was like 14 or whatever. When did you switch or did you ever switch? Because that's how I kind of remembered you and Jet Boy was the guy that played the semi-hollow bodies and the hollow bodies. And he had, you were kind of like the, the cooler dude that, that kind of sat in the back, a little bit of the Malcolm vibe, you know, if you will, uh, even though you play, even though you did play lead and you, you and Fern shared leads, it's just that you had a little bit more of that, you know, hollow body, semi-hollow body guitars. Uh-huh. Did, did you always have the, the, the Les Pauls as well combined with it? Uh, well, in the early Jet Boy days, I had more like the solid bodies and I wasn't, you know, I got that first hollow body I got. It was really, it was an influence of, uh, Andy McCoy, Hanoi Rocks. Fuck, look at that. Guy. He White Falcon. That That's beautiful. Body and, yeah. 
And then the Falcon was the, the Malcolm Young influence, you know, by the, by then I got, you know, I started dissecting the hollow bodies and the heroes that played them. And, and then the white Falcon was like the, the pimp daddy of guitars, you know, I think the the guitar that you made for dragon is fucking killer. And, or, you know, it's, it's not made for dragon. It's one of your own designs as well, but what is that? It's, it's, and I don't know if Vic has a picture of it, but it's, it's a semi hollow body. Uh, what, yeah. what design is that called? It's called the lightning model. And so, so it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hollow body F hole model and, and the F holes are lightning bolts. Lightning bolts. What do you yes. think? You think that, uh, you think that Ace might like, he might dig on that. Oh, that, he, would, that would be cool, right? Wouldn't he see? He's going to have to see one on the uh, on the tour at least one time because his own frigging guitar player, Ryan Cook, is playing one of your guitars. Right, yeah. He's got the Thunders model right now. But no one has a lightning bolt out there? No, not 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 in that camp. But there's, there's, a, there's I mean, we've sold a few of them. You know, there's a few out there. Okay. Dragon being the big name that's playing it, playing one. Right. Which is pretty cool, so... Well, I have one last question for you, then I'm going to let you go and do your sound check and do everything. I really appreciate you taking the time, Billy Rowe. Um, Guitarist, uh, currently on the road with Buck Cherry, and you can also go check out Jet Boy, and of course, Rock and Roll Relics, because he's, uh, between all these different gigs, he's also has time to make killer guitars, especially ones like Roxy's Revenge, (laughs) the guitar that will be coming out on the next tour. But this last question is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Um, One of the biggest songs that Jet Boy had was uh, Feel the Shake. And um, is it fact or fiction that uh, it is the current goal celebration for the NHL's Philadelphia Flyers? Yes, that is true. Fact. Fact, folks. In fact, that ding signifies that it's a fact. In fact, from now on, that should be our new sound, Vic, when something's a fact. It's going to be the ding episode. <laughs> oh, my God. So how did, that, how did that happen? The, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia? Yeah, they, they emailed us, and somebody who was part of that, putting that together, is, a, again, a fan of this era, our, the 80s rock L.A. thing, and was a fan of that song and thought it would be a good one for the, uh, for the team. I love so, it. Well, yeah. Does, does it, cool. does it, does it make any money or is it like Spotify money where you can like actually buy an ice cream cone at the end of the yeah, year? I, 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 not <laughs> from it. And, and of course, MCA owns the rights to the, the recording. So they, obviously they're the ones making the money. Yeah. And they get the, it's always got to be back to the yeah. man. That's why you start your own guitar company, and that you know, because they, because record companies can't take guitar actual royalties, or can they? I'm right. not sure what contract you signed. <laughs> but they can't take my podcast money, which is very little to none, and they can't take, they can't ever take my producer. That's the one thing they can't do because we've got Vic under wraps. He signed oh, his yeah. life. We we changed yeah. the day for the damn podcast to Fridays for Vic. That's what we've done for you. And you know what, folks? Um, With that, we're going to let Billy Rowe... Oh, there's that guitar. Look at that lightning bolt. I love it. It's really nice looking, dude. You know, wouldn't Dave Grohl like that? But I know he's tied in with his own... He's tied in with his own Gibson model there, but uh, I think think Grohl Mm -hmm. would love it. Or at least... He would love it. Yeah. Absolutely. What about one of the guitar players from the Foos? 
somebody. I mean, everybody plays guitar in that yeah. band, but I mean, Shiflet, the other guitar player, you know, who uh, he's he's an old fan of our era as well. I guarantee he was an Electric Angels fan, a Candy fan. He's actually in the Feel the Shake video in the audience when he was a kid. Who is? Chris Shiflet from the Food. Chris Party. from oh shit, he's in the Feel the Shake video. Vic, do you have yeah. that clip? Can you put it up right now? And let's that show. Would be hard to find. I mean, it's like a quick clip of the audience and. There's a, he's there. I'm, he would have told me. I would have never known that. But you must understand. I asked my producer Vic to put do impossible things, which he never can do, and yeah. sometimes Maybe. he'll actually do it. I mean, fuck. He got a picture of what, what was the thing that he got the picture of, and I was like, Jim Plunkett. Yeah, there's Jim. Is that Chris in your video? Because he looks like Jim Plunkett. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, folks, we're gonna wrap up our first ITT Fridays. We've been hanging out with Billy Rowe, uh, Jet Boy, uh, Buck Cherry, and as well, Rock and Roll Relics. All those links, there's so many of them. Go check them all out right now. And uh, I think we have a mystery guest on next Friday. Is that what it is? Because, you know, and I guess I guess the way we should go out, because usually we do this thing, Billy, we call Fan of the Week. And uh, mm-hmm. this week, obviously, we're going to let Cam run for another week as fan of the week because we are all fans of uh, a man that passed away just a couple days ago, Mr. Charlie Watts. And uh, we wanted to us be fans of him for this next week. And obviously far, far beyond our tribute and uh, our best wishes to Charlie Watts family and the Rolling Stones. And um, hopefully they keep this leg of the tour uh, running and rolling in his spirit and his honor. And so, you know, obviously we're all Stones fans. You've played with a lot of them, Cheap Trick, you know, a lot of the greats, a lot of these bands you've, Jet Boys played with. Did you ever do anything with the Stones? No. Well, that, would, yeah. that would have been amazing, but no. What about no. what about Ron Wood playing, uh, maybe Ron or Keith playing a rock and roll relic? I mean, they are well, rock and roll relics. They're they literally. Are the relic. Yeah, they kind of created the rock and roll relics. <laughs> they did, huh? They're that the inspiration be behind all of them. There's by so many of those right. album covers, so many of those pictures. So I did one for I did one for Nielsen a long time ago. He got he got one. For Rick Nielsen? Rick Nielsen, yeah. Yeah, I built him one a while back. Wow. It's been a while now, but probably six years ago or something like that. He got a double cut, one of Thunder's model. All right. So of course, that's huge. I mean, you, you and I could do a whole episode on cheap cheap tricks. So we could a, do a whole episode on the song He's a Whore because exactly. I mean, you played it with the actual band. I was able to play it with um, uh, with Couch Riffs. You know, when I did it on when oh, I was, yeah, yeah, with mm-hmm. Mike with Mike Squire. He's he's been on the podcast, and we've done uh, we've we've done awesome. ca- we've done Couch Riffs before. Have you ever done Couch Riffs yet? Yeah, I did. I did it Nam time with uh, Sully from Sully Guitars. Okay, what songs you do? Uh, we did uh, Toys in the Attic song too old school aerosmith that's the good that's a good era aerosmith i love it yes shit well charlie watts you're in our thoughts and uh you know what tonight minnesota buck cherry go check them out and um if you're watching this at a later date our next 
guest mm. will be a mystery. Okay. We're going to announce it on Monday because Federica, our social coordinator, our social media coordinator, has this amazing idea of putting a mis. Please put it up again, again, because it's so mysterious, Vic. It's our mystery guest, September third, again on Friday. That'll be next Friday, September third. I think it's time to wrap it up, Billy. Um, one last thing, I'll ask you: any parting words that you, words of advice that you live by that you can inspire the other people watching right now? I don't know. Not, not, you know, nothing to just, uh, I don't know. I just try to keep the positive way of thinking, you know, and, uh, that's about it. All right. Well, that, you know, what's fine because the kid out of you, like, like we do, you know, as well. <laughs> We always stay the super rock fan and, you know, I just asked that question because you know what? Rain Kramer, you know, was on the broadcast and he said, just brush and floss your teeth. And yeah, that well, was like really good advice. It's good advice. And, and you've probably made a guitar for Wayne Kramer as well. No, I haven't. No, no. Way he would yet. be a good one, though. He would be a good He'd one. He'd be a good one. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? We'll talk later. We'll see how the evolution of Roxy's Revenge uh, comes is coming along, uh, folks. That is the new guitar that I will be unveiling on the uh, next Alice Cooper tour, which is coming up in just a couple weeks. So, um, yeah. Yep. More more updates to follow. Um, but in the meantime, make sure you go follow all of Billy's social media and you keep spreading the word about In the Trenches. Until next time, folks, from Vic, the RGA, Federica, everybody that's in on, on the RGA and everybody, Billy Rowe, thank you very much for being in the trenches. Yep, everybody good. else. Sorry for the dings. I'll, I'll give it to Mick Cripps. Oh, and Mick Cripps for making this the official yeah. Friday. Probably like Fifty something text wrong. <laughs> the ITT Friday Ding Edition. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Enjoy the ride, folks. Later. In the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, Moby. Give him his guitars back. <laughs>